The hour cometh and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is the Lord our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 128 and 129 on pages 506 to 507. Blessed are all they that fear the Lord and walk in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labors of thine hands. O well is thee, and happy shalt thou be. Thy wife shall be as the fruitful vine upon the walls of thine house. Thy children, like the olive branches, round about thy table. Lo, thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord from out of Zion shall so bless thee, that thou shalt see Jerusalem in prosperity all thy life long. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Many a time have they fought against me from my youth up. May Israel now say, Yea, many a time have they vexed me from my youth up, but they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back and made long furrows. But the righteous Lord hath hewn the snares of the ungodly in pieces. Let them be confounded and turned backward, as many as have evil will at Zion. Let them be even as the grass upon the housetops, which withereth afore it be grown up. Whereof the mower filleth not his hand, neither he that bindeth up the sheaves his bosom. So that they who go by say not so much as, The Lord prosper you. We wish you good luck in the name of the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
Here begin at the 19th chapter of the first book of Samuel. Now Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. So Jonathan told David, saying, My father Saul seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning and stay in a secret place and hide. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak with my father about you. Then what I observe, I will tell you. Thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have been very good toward you. For he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine. And the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against innocent blood to kill David without a cause? So Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swore, As the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. Then Jonathan called David, and Jonathan told him all these things. So Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in many times past. Then there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines, and struck them with a mighty blow, and they fled from him. Now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand. And David was playing music with his hand. And Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away from Saul's presence, and he drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. Saul also sent messengers to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, if you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michael let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. And Michael took an image and laid it in the bed and put a cover of goat's hair for its head and covered it with clothes. So when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, He is sick. Then Saul sent the messengers back to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed that I may kill him. When the messengers had come in, there was an image in the bed with a cover of goat's hair for his head. And Saul said to Michael, Why have you deceived me like this and sent my enemy away so that he has escaped? And Michael answered Saul, said, He said to me, Let me go. Why should I kill you? So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and stayed in Noah's. Now it was told Saul, saying, Take note, no, David is at Noah and Ramah. So Saul sent messengers to take David. When they saw the group of prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing as a leader over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. And when Saul was told, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. Then Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. Then he also went to Ramah and came to the great well that is at Shechu. So he asked, Where are Samuel and David? And someone said, Indeed, they're at Naoth and Ramah. So he went there to Naoth and Ramah. Then the Spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth and Ramah. And he also stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in a like manner and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus says, 
Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 19th verse of the 16th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. Besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear him, hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Here endeth the second. Together, Benedictus. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, 
and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, whose never-failing providence ordereth all things, both in heaven and earth, we humbly beseech thee to put away from us all hurtful things, and to give us those things which are profitable for us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Just some quick thoughts about today's lessons. We return to the story of Samuel this morning, and we he have here the author of the book of Samuel has recognized certain recurring patterns in, in the story of David and Saul and Samuel, and has took efforts to highlight those for us. And one of the things that we'll notice, or we should notice in our, our readings today, is that Mikhail's uh, helping David escape should recall the story of Rachel and, and Jacob and her father Laban, wherein she helped her help Jacob and then stole the the family idols these things called teraphim and sat on them put him on, on her donkey and she sat on top of them and then 
you know, made the excuse that she was ill and could not get up off her seat as a way to, to hide them. And also, so we see this morning where Mikhail has used these things called teraphim. Now, we're not entirely clear on what these things were. They seem to be some sort of statue or image. They may have been an image of Yahweh. They may have been uh, images of the ancestors. And it seems most likely what these were used for was for divination, it, uh, a way to predict the future. Almost think of them more as like a, a magic eight ball, something that you would ask questions, a yes or no question for in order to, to learn the future. And so she uses these items and hides them in the bed and covers them with uh, David's clothing. And we, we see the author has always highlighted the importance of clothing in, you know, with the, the robes of Samuel, with, you know, uh, Saul tearing at Samuel's robe and how that would represent that the, the kingdom would be ripped from him. And so now we see David's clothing being used to affect his escape. And then we have the, the use of goat hair as, as sort of a, a dummy prop to fool the people. And that should recall, you know, Jacob's, you know, covering himself with goat hair in order to fool his father. So all these things are subtle allusions to, to past events. And then we see in Saul, recall that when he was first anointed as king that he began to prophesy. And now we hear, have here at the end of his, his sacred king, kingship that his, his blessings of God have been taken away from him. He now strips himself of his clothing and starts to prophesy once again. And what we mean by prophesy is sort of a, a, an, sort of ecstasy where people would dance around and spin around and, and and spout nonsense and stuff these the 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 prophets that they're talking about were these type of guys who would be almost carried away in religious ecstasy and but here we have that that Saul has been plagued by evil spirits as they call them and it seems that God's blessing had been able to keep these this this disquiet within him at bay and now that his blessing has been removed from him it can no longer god's help is no longer there to keep these the the issues that saul suffers from his his tendency to to blame others to worry to fret can no longer keep this at bay so we see and so he's almost suffering a sort of manic depression where where he can be spoken to reasonably by his son Jonathan in moments of clarity but then something will trigger him usually it's jealousy of David and he'll go temporarily crazy he lets his emotions control things he lets his fears control him and so he throws a spear at David and now he seeks his death the the his son-in-law the one that he knows that God is looking out for, the one who has helped defeat Israel and Saul's enemies, he wants to seek his death. 
So these are things we should look out for as we continue on. Now, turning to our, our New Testament lesson, we have the story, the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. And there's two points that I want to highlight for us. One is, you know, there is a tendency to think that if I do certain things in this world, that I'm a good person. And what we see highlighted here is that there's a great danger in us thinking that we are secure in what we have here. And that that somehow translates into not just the afterlife as spoken here, but in our relationship with God. And so Lazar, or the rich man thinks he's been blessed by God because he has all these great things, but we see in his heart that he doesn't truly believe that these are coming from God. He thinks that they're his own, his own possessions. And so even in death, when he sees that he is in torment in Hades and that Lazarus is at Abraham's bosom, he still thinks the same way. He still thinks that he is somehow better than Lazarus. He does not recognize this, that his, his, true predicament, his his true position. And so there's always danger in our lives that we think we're secure in our own salvation. And what the story shows is that our sinful natures are something that we have to constantly do battle with and to overcome. And because even in our death, when we're faced with the truth of the matter, we will still believe in false things. We will still believe that we can affect our own salvation, that we can do things or are somehow worthy of God's blessings. And so it shows us that truly that we choose our own hells, that the rich man, even faced with the, the, the torment of hell, still in essence chooses that. He is stuck in his own sins. That is always something that we have to work on is overcoming our sinful natures because we do not want to be caught up in that. We do not want to make it a part of ourselves. We wanted to make it excise the sinful part of ourselves out of ourselves so that we can grow and grow closer to God. And so we always have to take care that we don't get stuck in our own stuff. We don't get dragged down by our own sinful natures, if you will. It's not something external to us. It is something that is wrong within ourselves that we have to overcome. But just some thoughts about today's lessons. Continuing with a prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those from whom our prayers are made at this time.
that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings.